0: This episode is brought to you by United Airlines. What's new with United? New and redesigned planes with things like larger overhead bins with room for everyone's roller bag, power outlets at every seat, screens at every seat, and the ability to connect your Bluetooth headphones to those screens. Plan your trip today at United.com or on their award-winning app. This amount is an estimated average of current aircraft delivery schedules. Final delivery schedule subject to change.
1: This episode is brought to you by ReliefBand. If you regularly suffer from nausea, listen up. ReliefBand is a clinically proven wearable nausea solution with no drugs or unwanted side effects. It treats nausea caused by motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, and more using technology that sends signals to your brain to stop nausea quickly and effectively. Get relief
0: today. Shop now at
1: ReliefBand.com. And to get 20% off your purchase, use the code RELIEF20 at checkout.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode with the amazing Jan Marini. She is truly such an icon, right? Well, I'm so excited to dive into this episode with you guys. But before we do, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to all of our sponsors, all of our supporters, our listeners, our audience. You guys are what keeps us running, and I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. Um, I just wanted to mention that now that Eugen is off the ground, which is our new magazine, for anyone listening that has not had a chance to check it out please go check it out on apple books it is exclusively on apple books you can search it by typing in Eugen capital y Y y-u-g-e-n magazine capital m and it will pop right up there's only like two options that pop up when you type it in so definitely check that out it's a free download absolutely stunning in terms of the graphics the look the layout you're gonna love it i promise but also i wanted to mention that we are actively seeking ad partners, actively seeking sponsors. So if you are a brand, if you are somebody who loves our show, anyone can apply for this. We um, are a self-funded company we do not take um any money from our listeners in terms of subscriptions or anything like that so and even Eugen is a free download so we really rely on our sponsors and people who want to support us genuinely and the work that we're doing which is truly to educate and to inform our audience and uh, anyone who really cares about skin health skin well-being so again i really urge you reach out to us you can reach me directly if you'd like uh email me at ekta ek TA, cable for the T at Podcast, all one word, dot com. Again, that's Ekta at SkincareAnarchyPodcast.com. If that's too hard for you to remember, you can also just email us at SkincareAnarchy at gmail dot com, and we will see it. But I hope you guys reach out, and I hope to hear from you. And for now, I'm going to leave you here with Jan and her brilliance because she is truly the queen of skincare, and I am just so honored to have had this opportunity again to host her and to learn from her, most importantly, enjoy the show, guys, and thank you again for everything that you do to support us. Hi, guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, and this is another episode in the Jan Marini Masterclass series. I'm very excited um, to have Jan back today. Welcome back, Jan. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. And um, you know, it, this one is gonna be really fun because it's about nutrition and how that uh impacts us and our aging process. So Jen, I'm really excited to talk to you about this this topic specifically.
1: This is a an exciting and it's a fun topic.
0: Yes, it's really, really fun. And I think a lot more information needs to be shared anyway. So <clears throat> So let's get started. Um I wanted to ask you to open the interview um what is the general position today among cutting edge researchers um regarding um you know both internally and externally this topic in general.
1: Well, you know, it kind of sounds like science fiction, but the premise is becoming more mainstream and here's the premise. We yeah. don't have to age now that doesn't mean we're not going to die I'm not talking about living forever but aging is considered a disease and because we all get older, we all age, um, it's it's looked at as inevitable but when you think about aging, you know disease is considered something that affects 50% or less of the population typically whether we yeah. talk about heart disease or we talk about cancer, we talk about diabetes, etc. And aging is really a series of these opportunistic diseases, if you will. So it makes sense that in many respects, aging is actually a disease. And one of the things I wanna say, I am not an expert. I don't know if there's any one person today that is an expert on this subject in totality. But it's fun to talk about, and I love to put out there the kinds of things that are being discussed and what is cutting edge, but I'm not an expert,
0: so that's something you want to talk to your doctor about yeah no i mean i think that it's it's definitely something that people want to be more educated on too i mean i know that when you hear the word nutrition a lot of you listening out there i'm sure your ears perk up because there is such little information out there you know that's really um valid and it's actually applicable to skin health and especially when it comes to signs of aging you know whether that is your skin or not it could be anything so i i agree with you jan i think it's a it's an interesting field for sure you know but i want to i want to know so uh, is it something that is in our personal control, you know, or is it something that um, we can like kind of deter with drugs or is there like a miracle drug out there that you've come across, you know, what do you, you think? Know, that?
1: Really, um, you know, really to completely reverse aging. And I'll I'll talk about this a little while later because I had a discussion last week with a professor who's been at Stanford university now for probably 50 years or more. He highly respected he and his team developed a molecule that they believe will actually stop aging um but so you know we're probably a long way off but he was telling me that's probably 10 years off because you know you go through the fda etc but yeah. there are constant new developments that we're going to be able to target and and we're going to be able to treat and even reverse certain aspects of aging and some you know a lot of these things are here today and there are Things that we can do as individuals that are within our control, you know, when it comes to aging, it's really being referred to today as health span as opposed to lifespan. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it it's it's for example, it's estimated that genetics only account for about twenty percent of our health span. Yeah. That means that we influence at least 80% of our health. Wow. And this is so important because let's say that you live to be 90 years old. Now, I'd hopefully I'd like to live to be a lot older than that. But if you live to be 90, there could be five to eight years of bad health and inactivity. where you're incapacitated. So when we talk about health span, it's about really being able to have being healthy and being viable and relevant and being able to enjoy life, hopefully right up to the end of our life. And this is such an enormous subject, I have to tell you. Now, we're we're not even going to be able to scratch the surface today. So again, it's not medical advice. I'm not a master, but Um, We can talk about the overall direction and some really exciting advances.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think you made a really great point, you know, in terms of um, like what percentage of our lifespan you know is in our hands because i i've seen i see that a lot you know even in patients that i come across is that you know it's like a switch that turns on in people where they start realizing i need to take care of myself and when they do that you just start seeing so many shifts occurring in them and you know i think it is also like a a mentality as well you know it's it's like understanding and coming to peace with the idea that i have to take care of my body you know i have to do more things now than i did when i was 20 years old so it's definitely i completely you know understand what you were saying um you know about that aspect it it definitely you know
1: i have to say that hopefully the majority of us are born with good health and we're healthy, certainly as children and young adults. But at some point, you know, and and I, and I think that's, that's sort of a gift, but at some point it becomes a decision.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely no it's it's a huge decision you have to make it proactively you have to know what you're putting in your body on your body what you're doing that might be impacting i completely agree so you know it, it, i know that you know we're both like and, and I, I agree with you this is not medical advice for everyone listening but you know um when we look at the whole aging process overall um could you walk us through um you know in your own words like how do we age What is what is that process?
1: I am going to greatly oversimplify it. However, I'm going to for discussion purposes, I'm going to break it down into sort of three categories. So the first one is inflammation. Aging is really considered an inflammatory disease in a sense. We're all rusting to death and inflammation contributes to heart disease, arthritis. It's a causative factor in diabetes. It causes tissue degeneration, uh, you know, Um, It damages our immune system, um, our ability to repair, tissue repair, cancer rates rise. And when you look at even aging skin externally, um, that's inflammation because most of aging, 90 to 95% of what we consider as inevitable aging externally is triggered by UV radiation. Acne is an inflammatory disorder. Rosaceous inflammatory, inflammatory disorder. Discoloration is triggered or exacerbated by inflammation from UV radiation. Um, The second is compromised instructions from our DNA, and um, I'll get more into that, but the third one is the gradual shutdown of anti-aging genes called sirtuins, and there's about 24 of these anti-aging genes. Um, So why do we stay in an anabolic state for 20 to 25 years? We rebuild we, we grow we develop muscle mass we're energetic we're healthy and then we begin to slip into a catabolic state and we start a gradual decline that decreases over time
0: yeah. well
1: sirtuins play a major role in enabling our body to repair to rebuild to remain healthy and vibrant and energetic and sertuins are made up of proteins now, yeah. I'm not real good at pronouncing this, but the, the proteins are known as nicotinamide, adenine, dinucleotide. Yeah. And yeah. that protein is critical for sirtuins to function. So think of sirtuins um, like a car sitting in your driveway. Now, this car is perfect. The engine works, doesn't have any dents or anything like that, but as we age, we don't have enough of these proteins. So the car sits there. It's in perfect condition, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. And so it, it needs these proteins to function. And sirtuins play a role in controlling our DNA repair, controlling inflammation. They play a role in health and fitness and survival, our memory. And sirtuins help to prevent uh, since, since, since senescent cells from accumulating. Now, senescent cells don't divide, but they don't die. So they take up room, but they really don't do anything. So in other words, they prevent other cells that are able to function more fully, that are not compromised from being able to take that place. They're sometimes referred to as zombie cells. You want Mm. to eliminate them. You don't want these guys sitting there. You know, it's like that, if you look at a crossword puzzle and you see those those black spots, black squares in the crossroads, that's that's kind of what they just take up room, but they don't do anything. So when you eliminate them, you stimulate new tissue production. Mm -hmm. So um, maintaining and turning on sirtuins, we believe will definitely increase our health span and our longevity. Now, one other thing I wanna say about sirtuins and again, I'm going to, I'll get more into this, but one of the only things that has ever been shown to actually increase lifespan, and these are studies that have been done in animal studies,
0: yeah.
1: is calorie restriction. Hmm. So if you take in these, these studies, if you take and you limit calories And not limit nutrition so in other words you're giving really good nutrition but you're limiting the calories extensively um they find that in these animal studies they live to be about the equivalent of 150 human years Mm -hmm. um and the reason we think that's the case is because doing that turns on sirtuins now there's a workaround that i'll get to a little bit later
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's really interesting, because I've heard of sirtuins, and I, um, you know, I was actually one of my colleagues was doing research um, on this topic. And, you know, it really makes sense what you're saying, because for everyone listening, just to add to what Jan said, sirtuins are an NAD um, NAD is a form of energy in your body, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have a lot of NAD, that means your body um, and your—it's specifically in your mitochondria—is um, where the energy cycle happens. So, there's a thing called the electron transport chain. That's where NAD is involved. And if you limit um, the amount of energy you're putting in your body, which is like through calories, this makes sense. You know, it's gonna impact how these specific um proteins are functioning you know and, and that that makes sense what you said jan i just yeah. i find it to be so interesting yeah um i want to actually uh, you know just to build off of that um what can we really do though like in terms of addressing you know any kind of issues that we do have um you know or really in other words like is there anything we can do to limit or reverse the processes of aging
1: well this is where it starts to get really exciting And it gives us a glimpse of what's coming in the future. So here's what we're finding today. And there are four areas that I'm going to focus on. One is diet. One is intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. One is supplementation. And the other one is anti-aging drugs.
0: Yeah. So anti-aging drugs. um, So let's start with diet. Yeah. Let, that's a good place to start. Let's do diet. Yeah. Well, again, an
1: oversimplification. But first of all, when we talk about diet, number one, first and foremost, sugar is inflammatory.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when you when when you look at the outside, you know, when you look at your skin as it ages, one of the things that sugar does is it attaches to proteins that make up collagen in our dermis. You know, 80% of our dermis is, is collagen. And it causes the collagen to stiffen, to deteriorate, to decrease. One study showed that if you eliminate sugar for two weeks, just two weeks, 25% of your bad collagen improves. And sugar may be a causative factor in many conditions related to a lot of the things that I pointed out about inflammation. Um, You know, do you remember, and I think it was... uh, I think it was the 70s where we were obsessed. We were obsessed with fat. Everything had to be non-fat. And there was um actually a famous clinic, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was in Southern California, and people would go to sometimes for several days or a week or two or three weeks. And literally their diet was absolutely no fat, because it was believed that it was going to play a major factor in heart disease. And aging and those kinds of things. And we found out now that actually fat is good. The real culprit in many of these cases is sugar. Um, And so we know that um, most researchers who are looking at longevity and virtually every single one of them that I've talked to or that I've worked with, and I also have a tremendous amount of respect for David Sinclair, who wrote the book, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to? And that's just a tremendous book. And he is, he's, he's brilliant. But every one of them talk about you need to be on a low carb diet. Yeah. And it's not, we're not talking about uh, the glycemic index per se, we're talking about the glycemic load because so many times when you eat something that you think is actually maybe healthy, Um, it turns into more sugar in your body than actually eating sugar. And a good example of that that I like to use all the time, I use this example where you have a piece of whole wheat bread and it's a great piece of whole wheat bread, but it will turn into more sugar in your body than taking an entire quarter cup of sugar.
0: Yeah, yeah. so,
1: um, So a low carb diet is really important because it keeps down inflammation. And then the other thing, that just kind of as an aside, is absolutely conclusive. We know this beyond a doubt. Um, the studies have been published, and that is that milk causes acne.
0: Yeah. So. And I, is that like directly? Like it causes acne? Like, can you elaborate on that? Mm-hmm. So what it is, it's
1: not that we give hormones to cattle. It's that we milk them when they're pregnant. So if a cow's mm-hmm. in the wild. and it becomes pregnant, it will push the cap away. It will not allow it to nurse any longer because it's producing steroidal hormones, among other things. And so when you you think about um, dairy, and this was a study that was done, by the way, on 47,000 nurses, it was repeated on their sons and daughters. And then there were two separate studies of 3,000 teenage girls and 3,000 teenage boys. So it's a causative factor and exacerbates acne. And that would be whether it's whole milk, whether it is non-fat milk and non-fat milk, by the way, is worse, because they use whey protein to make the milk look thicker, look, make it look more um, or more opaque. and the whey protein is more concentrated so it has more of these factors. And so that's ice cream. That's yeah. all the kinds of things that, you know, we tend to think um, are, are healthy. And um, so it, low carb and, you know, avoiding those kinds of things
0: yeah, like dairy, they always say, um, you know, dairy really causes breakouts, you know, Mm -hmm. stay away from dairy. And I see a lot of people that just stop eating their yogurt every day. And I'm like, you don't, you don't need to do that. You know, it's, it's, I think it's really about figuring out what is, you know, what part of dairy is, is hurting your skin or what you're reacting to. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a good point because for some people um, butter isn't a problem, for example. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. No, I, I know, and I've seen this a lot too. I mean, it's not just butter, but it's like you mentioned ice cream. Like some people are, you know, um, like they'll notice that you know if they drink milk, it causes them to break out. But then they eat ice cream, they're fine. You know, they eat butter, and, they're fine. You know, and you have to be careful because a lot of times it also
1: it's whey protein. So if you're drinking a lot of protein drinks that are whey protein, as opposed to collagen protein or egg protein or pea yeah. protein, or something like that, or if you're eating protein bars that are primarily whey protein, that can be a problem.
0: Yeah, now those are, that's, that's a topic that I, I think we should like also like <laughs> talk about more on a whole different episode, because that mm-hmm. is so important, especially nowadays, because I see so many, like, you know, there's such a, a health craze right now, you know, especially on TikTok, um, whenever I go on there, people are like, Really into this stuff these days, you know, uh, incorporating protein into their diet. And how mm-hmm. many different ways can you have? What kind of protein should you use? Plant-based, animal-based, you know, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. and I definitely um, understand where you're coming from because there's a significant difference. Um, you know, my brother, for example, he had really bad acne, and then when he cut out his protein shakes daily, I know that it made a huge difference in his skin. Something he didn't yeah. even know was happening. You know, so exactly uh, that- that makes sense. And they're just,
1: so, there, yeah. are there are, you know, different, they're egg protein. And you know, we don't think about, it, we just think protein, protein, but um, I was just on a website the other day with protein bars where they were using things like pea protein and um, other sources of protein besides whey protein. So there, you know, there, there are other options out there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And also it's like, you know, what's, what's funny and actually remarkable. I w- remember when I first took biochemistry, my professor began the the class with this question he was like can any of you tell me what the white of an egg is and everybody was like what what is he talking about and he was like what is the white of an egg why does the why does it turn white when you put it on a skillet And he literally like was trying to explain that when you denature protein, it turns white. And that's why you're seeing that white color. So it's like, it just kind of goes to show you that, you know, just because something says it's got a lot of protein in it doesn't mean that one, it's it's active in the sense of like, it's not denatured and it's actually going to help you. And two, like, there's a lot, a lot more research that needs to be done in this area. So, um, you know, for all you health nuts out there, you know, just a little fun fact. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, um, you mentioned intermittent fasting as one of Mm -hmm. the things, um, one of the four. So I would love for us to talk about that. I think that's definitely going a big craze right now, too.
1: So there actually is some really good, I think, uh, you know, data behind intermittent fasting. And I think it's they're finding more out all the time. But here's the basics. So what you do, it's not about necessarily what you eat, although you should eat, I, I believe personally, and they recommend eating low carb but you restrict your eating to a certain time. So it's not about cutting calories. So for example, let's say you have your evening meal at 6.30. You would wait again to eat for roughly 16 to 18 hours. So that would be like 12.30 or one thirty. Now, I didn't even know it, but I've been intermittent fasting all of my adult life because I don't like breakfast. And so usually I don't eat until around 12.30 or 1.30. So it's real easy for me. But the the... The, the, the reason that intermittent fasting is believed it's important is because it be, they believe that it turns on certain sirtuins mm. and they think that intermittent fasting may actually equal calorie deprivation. Cool. So it could extend life without having to go through calorie deprivation. Now, this whole calorie deprivation thing, there are actually about 10,000 people in the U.S., that practice calorie deprivation and what they're doing is they're getting a lot of dense nutrition so they're maybe they're taking a lot of nutrition and blending it and literally drinking it because they're only eating about 500 calories a day yeah. and, I, and the, the problem with that a study like that if you want to call it a study is that it would take a very long time to To get data or to really determine anything, because you're talking about having to see if these people live to be older than they might have normally. And you Mm. know, you wonder if you're eating 500 calories a day, if you're living longer, or you just think you're living longer because you're miserable. Right. Right. So, intermittent fasting may be able to duplicate that. And what they think is that intermittent fasting creates very mild stress and this mild stress turns on sirtuins and it's it's interesting you know we kind of have a tendency to be very black and white we talk about stress and stress is bad well not all stress is bad now if i step on a snail that snail is not going to recover that's a lot of stress yeah but very mild types of stressors actually can turn on certain factors
0: and may be very helpful yeah yeah like like certain genes get turned on you know under different stress types i get that yeah i mean that makes sense and also i think um the the definition of stress is interesting too you know it's like people they hear stress and they automatically think of like you know sweating and anxiety and just Uh you know cortisol levels through the roof you know (laughs) so it doesn't have to be that yeah so that's interesting But, um, you know, that's, I'm really interested now, now that you told us about the, um, the intermittent fasting and the nutrition aspect about supplementation and how Mm -hmm. that plays a role in all of this.
1: So this is a really tricky area because supplementation is are things that are already, um, in the marketplace. In other words, a pharmaceutical company isn't going to come along and spend fifty million million, um, researching something that they can't patent. Yeah. So a lot of this is anecdotal. And a lot of it is just not well researched because the money isn't out there. But I'll tell you some of the things that I I do believe that these researchers are focusing on. And again, very, very smart, uh, respected researchers. Um, So one of them is something called NAD. Now, and it goes under the name of NAD. That's N as a Nancy, A is an apple, D is a dog plus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so NAD is nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. We talked about that. That's th- those are the things, those are what the sertoans need to function. Yeah. So it's like gasoline for your car. NAD plus is nicotinamide rubicide. And what mm-hmm. this is, this, when you take this, it is actually. Um, it's a precursor to yeah. NAD. So it turns into, it increases the NAD levels.
0: Right. right.
1: Now, um, what researchers talk about is starting with maybe 300 million milligrams a day and work up to about a thousand milligrams a day.
0: Wow. I mean, that, that's really interesting. And yeah, that really makes sense. Uh, going back to like the idea of, um how you know this is all affecting like the electron transport chain and stuff in the body and it's all mitochondrial based that's really interesting that you can take Mm -hmm. it as supplement um yeah and and also like um i think i've heard about how there's been a lot of studies done, not in the realm of skin health, but in the realm of like a lot of um, like, for example, osteoporosis and a lot of other, mm-hmm. um, you know, disorders in the body where NAD has been used as a supplement. And it's really helped And because it's basically like giving your body the immediate energy it, it requires. Usually it, it's like, you know, goes through this whole process of breaking down, turning into NAD plus, and then we utilize it, but this is like straight up giving it to you. So that's interesting. Yeah, That's very cool. And you know, it, uh, it
1: gets a little bit more confusing. I'm gonna I'm gonna confuse the issue a little bit more. There's something called NMN. Now NMN is da- one down the food chain from NAD. Yeah. some researchers actually take NMN instead of NAD, and some NAD plus, and some researchers take both. One of them is more is believed to have more of an effect on physicality. One is believed to have more of an effect on the brain. So a lot of researchers take both, but that's again, something that it kind of feeds sirtuins. And what's interesting about NMN is it actually has to turn into NAD plus in order to have an effect on these sirtuins. But there's enough of a subtle difference, apparently, that again, some researchers feel that it's appropriate to take both. Um, the other mm-hmm. thing is resveratrol. Okay. Now, resveratrol is a chemical in grapes, and apparently it is more present if you make wine the old-fashioned way, like they do in France, let's say, and certainly Yeah. Um, but. It's not that, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, you have license just to go out and, uh, gee, I'm going to drink a lot of wine and get my resveratrol because you'd need to drink about a thousand glasses a day to get what you need.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So yeah. you think of resveratrol, <laughs> so you think about NAD plus and NMN is like is like the gasoline to make the car go, the sartuans go. Think about mm-hmm. resveratrol as putting your foot on the gas pedal so the car actually moves. And actually David Sinclair, I mentioned that he wrote the book, Uh, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To. He was actually the inventor of resveratrol. He sold it for just under a billion dollars to a pharmaceutical firm um, with the idea that it probably would end up at some point becoming a drug. Now you can go to drugstores, you can go online, you can get NAD, or excuse me, I'm sorry, you can get resveratrol, It's not as bioavailable as what Dr. Sinclair um, actually invented. And the the brand out there that I think is one of the best, that's done the most research because some of them just get destroyed in the digestive tract, but it's a brand called Longevinex. Mm. And (laughs) they have never even given me, one tablet for talking about them so much. So I have no, I have no financial interest in the company, but it's Longevinex, uh, N-I-X, I think, John. V-E-N-I-X, okay, Longevinex. So, sertuins or excuse me, long, um, resveratrol, has been shown to have anti-tumor activity. It's a very mm. strong anti-inflammatory. It's heart protective. It's brain protective. It helps to protect insulin resistance. Um, it's believed to be have some protective nature, having to do with Alzheimer's. Wow, it's that's believed, so interesting. It's believed to activate specifically the sar 2 and one gene.
0: Yeah, and that's the big one, isn't it? It's the one that oh. ca- it's like involved in apoptosis and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, that's, a, that's crazy.
1: So you know. I wish I could get my hands on the actual resveratrol that David Sinclair invented. Apparently, he's got a ton of it in his in his basement, and he still takes it. What? There's only there's only two things that he takes, and that's resveratrol and the NAD NMN.
0: Wow, that's nuts! That's so cool. I would, yeah. I wish you could get your hands on that. Give me and, a number. And by the way,
1: it's really easy to get. NAD plus, Uh, you know, it's it's under patent. So essentially whatever company is manufacturing it, you're getting the same product. It just is, what I always say is that sometimes companies differentiate themselves by um, putting something else in it. Like our NAD comes with such and such and such and
0: such. You just want to take straight NAD plus. Right. That makes sense. And, you know, that's a really cool, you know, thing to know now for everyone listening, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's helpful when you know what supplements to start going towards. And this is actually a huge thing that, you know, I want to actually emphasize in this episode because, you know, I'm a huge, I I don't really believe in supplements. I I won't lie to you, except the ones that actually work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hype out there. People are taking all sorts of things these days, but I'm really glad that you you brought this up, Jan, because I think that it's really is time to clarify what is important and not. And so, yeah, for everyone listening, if you're a big, you know, really big into this stuff and you're into taking like your vitamins and supplements and whatnot, all like you have like 15 bottles of this stuff. Maybe (laughs) if you rethink, you know, what do I need and what do I not need? You know? And so this is, this really, really good information here. Supplements
1: are a slippery slope. If you ever take any kind of publications or, you know, magazines, like there's a company called life extension that makes some very good supplements and they put out a magazine and, they do have some very good data in there and some good research, but it's every time they talk about a supplement, it's always, Oh my gosh, this is the best supplement in the world. This is the one that's going to save your life. This is the one that's going to make you live longer. And it, literally, and it, it it's very seductive. And literally when you start adding all this stuff up, you're taking, you know, 40, 50 different things. So um, the other, there's a very interesting company out there called Novos, N-O-V-O-S. Yeah. And They have a a really, really um, exciting, I'm I'm gonna say, I guess you could say their uh, scientific board um, is impressive and they have a lot of respect. And one of the things, how they differentiate this, they say a lot of the supplements that we're, we're told to take are probably going to enhance our life, but they're not going to extend our life. And what is actually going to extend life is something that may be completely different. And that could be things like, more like uh, NMN, uh, um, NAD+, those kinds of things that we, you know, it's not the B vitamins, it's not taking coenzyme Q10, et cetera. But there, there's just, we really need a lot of research in that area. There's just not enough research. And again, it's because for the most part, there's no real money in it. A pharmaceutical firm isn't going to make a lot of money doing this type of research
0: yeah yeah no i mean i think that that's it's definitely interesting and i think supplements you know there's a lot more work that needs to be done on understanding how the body utilizes specific Mm -hmm. molecules and that's where i really kind of hesitate you know with things that Mm -hmm. are not, uh, you know, outside of NAD and and what we've been talking about here, you know, I really yes. hesitate there because you can be doing a lot of damage rather than good, you know, if you don't know why this molecule is important for your body. So I, I think mm-hmm. this is a, the, you know, this is a much needed information, what you're sharing with us and, and a lot of guidance, in, in my opinion, because there's a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding. I see it all the time. You know, you guys have 15, 20 bottles and you're taking the stuff like it's, you know, like it's your meal supplement or something and you shouldn't be doing that you know it's it's just not going to be healthy for you in the long run and you
1: know when they talk about a lot of these supplements are kind of in a sense a little bit deceiving because they'll talk about various studies and when you really delve into a study it might be a study that was done on 10 people it might be a study that was done in some little country that you've never even heard of on 10 people for a month And so really, (laughs) you, you really have to get into the sort of the underpinnings where the legs grow. And, um, it's, I I totally agree with you is that we need to be careful
0: what we ingest. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and I want to actually, I want to take the conversation into the anti-aging drugs that you had mentioned Mm -hmm. in the beginning. That's very, very fascinating. Could you talk to us about that?
1: Well, actually, there is a drug that you can get your hands on right now. It's one of the most common drugs in the world. And it's actually going through, uh, I think, some FDA oversight in order to be able to uh, make the claim as an anti-aging drug. Mm. And that's metformin. Yeah. Now, metformin uh, is a drug for type 2 diabetes. And it's actually been around um, in kind of common usage since 1922, it went into prescription use in 1972. And studies have just, I mean, hundreds of thousands and millions and gazillions of people around the world take this, it's just one of the most used drugs. And so it's considered very safe. But one of the studies that was done on metformin was done on about 14,000 people. And here's what they found. Let's say, for example, that somebody has diabetes. Yeah, and let's say they're elderly, and let's say they're also a couch potato, and they're overweight, and their diet isn't very good, and they don't exercise, and they're taking metformin. They may live three to five years longer than someone else who considers himself to be fit and have a really good diet. Oh wow! And so metformin has been found to be protective against heart disease. Uh, you know, diabetics are are prone to having heart issues, and it actually has a protective effect. Um, protective, and, and they found definite evidence, protective with regard to Alzheimer's. Um, uh, it's, it's It extends lifespan. It's protective against many diseases. It significantly less, lessens inflammation. And we're talking about inflammation throughout the body. We're talking yeah. about inflammation markers. I mean, it improves your skin. Right. Uh, it's protective against cancer uh, in particular. Um, well, a number of different cancers, but in particular prostate cancer, it appears um, Alzheimer's. It improves energy. It improves vibrance and improves your skin, your overall feeling of health and well-being. And I have to tell mm. you, when I started really researching this, I didn't know this because at the time it was, you know, it, it's 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 still kind of under the radar, but it's becoming more and more mainstream um but i found that anytime i would talk to a researcher they were all on metformin and none of them had diabetes even my wow. own general practitioner when i called her to ask about trying metformin and i had this whole kind of speech ready to go about my justification and my research and i got about 30 seconds into it and she stopped me and she said don't even go any further she said I, you, you can have it. <laughs> She'd been taking it herself. Now, here's what here, one of the reasons why metformin has this effect is because it turns on sirtuins. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, this is we're we're finding more and more out about this all the time. But but here's what they speculate. One of the things that metformin does is it releases tiny amounts of free radicals into cells. Yeah. And that is enough of a stressor that it appears to turn on certain sirtuins. Now, in terms of how it works in the body with regard to diabetes, you know, we have an enzyme in our liver. And like a lot of things, um, if you even if you don't have diabetes, um, your blood sugar probably isn't going to be as good at 40 or 50 or 60 as it was when you were 20 or when you were 15. And so what, what metformin does is it just prevents the sugar from being dumped, so to speak, into literally every cell in your body. And um, in, in, in doing so, it has these, you know, these, these effects. Now, again, this is evolving all the time. When I was originally researching this, researchers were saying, well, what you want to do is you want to work up to about a thousand milligrams a day. You don't take Hmm. more than that because more than that for aging, isn't going to be effective. Now there was a meeting recently that my own personal physician went to where they're saying, basically, you don't need to do more than 500 milligrams a day for, for anti-aging. Yeah. 500 is the lowest. Pardon? I think 500 is the lowest. You can't prescribe less than 500. Yeah. I, you know, you could probably, if you're not doing the time release, one you could probably take cut it in half or something, but. Um, and there really, I have to tell you, there really aren't side effects with metformin other than, and again, this is something that you discuss with your physician because you could have a certain type of element or disease or something where it might not be appropriate. But um, other than the fact that some people in the beginning have bloating, um, I'm one of those individuals And I'm one of the individuals where it didn't go away after four weeks or six weeks. I have never run into anybody that has the same problem I have. Um, And um, the only other um, issue that I've ever heard about, and this is an acquaintance of mine, and she does beautifully on metformin, derives all the benefits, but she gets an upset stomach if she eats sugar. Now, maybe that's not the worst thing to to happen to somebody. Yeah
0: because yeah, GI effects. well it's gi effects in general with metformin right mm-hmm. i mean that's like the main main side effect of metformin you know you're gonna it's it's harsh on your gi system in the beginning so that makes sense
1: <laughs> now the one thing that you can do now believe it or not um some physicians that have patients that need to take metformin for diabetes um and they have these digestive issues um, they actually can have metformin compounded. What they do is they compound 30% metformin in a cream and it's placed like on the inner thigh area and it's absorbed that way. And that bypasses any of those kinds of digestive issues. That's interesting. Have they, wow, wow. I didn't know if you, There's you know, that work, work? That works? Yes, I, Wow. that works. Now, there's also... Um, another diabetic medication, but it has, it's just starting to be um, looked at as possibly maybe have an effect having to do with aging. Yeah. And I've only come across one speculative article, but that's Jardians. Okay. Now, Jardians, and the reason why we think that it possibly could have an effect on uh, aging is because Jardians is sometimes mm. given along with, it's a diabetic medication yeah it's it's like metformin except that it releases the sugar through the kidneys hmm. so the side effect of jardians is that you don't have the digestive issues but you may go to the bathroom more frequently but it's been shown to decrease death overall death in diabetics by 30 percent. wow um that's crazy so It looks like it's gonna have anti-inflammatory effects, cardiovascular protection, protection Alzheimer's, and longevity and anti-aging benefits. Um, So it also, again, if somebody is on metformin, but they have a tendency to heart issues or whatever, um, it lowers the risk of heart-related death, such as stroke or heart attack. It reduces the risk of hospitalization and death due to heart failure. Um, They show reduced plaque buildup in blood vessels um, that oftentimes is caused by high sugar levels. It appears to block the action of certain proteins in particular SGLT-2 proteins. And don't ask me what that is. Um, That's
0: a glucose transporter, sucrose transporter.
1: But it also helps to um, improve weight loss because it's removing glucose and lowering, you know, the blood sugar. Um, So again, more research needs to be done in this area, but I'm going to tell you about something that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not something that I'm telling anybody they should run out and do. There are some people that are doing it, but I think it's foolhardy because there hasn't been enough research. But in early studies, and lots of times when they do these studies, let me just tell you, they're doing them on on worms, or they're doing them on mice or (laughs) something like that. Yeah. But, um. They think that this is this will have an effect on humans, and there are some people who are doing it. So what it is is when you look into the future, and you look at extending life and extending our health span, it's probably going to be a combination of drugs. And here's an example of a combination. So in these studies, they've taken a drug which is rifamicin. Ref-
0: ref- yeah.
1: And riframicin is an antibiotic given for tuberculosis, and they give it in a very small amount. I mean, very small, two milligrams. Yeah. Right. Then they take a drug called rapamycin, and this is another uh, antibiotic that's used for organ rejection, and they give it in really low, 0.5 milligrams.
0: Right.
1: What they found is that it extends lifespan to around. As much it extends lifespan as much as eighty nine percent. Wow! Now, when they add in alantone, yeah, which is something that's excreted from maggots, but they also use it in skincare. Interestingly enough, that extends uh goes takes it up to ninety five percent. And if they add in metformin, it's even better.
0: Wow! So it's like a little drug combo, like a cocktail. Hmm.
1: But again, we don't know the long-term effects. And so this is something that really needs to be studied. But I guess the point is, is that there's so much going on that's exciting. And that gives us a lot of um, hope and just, um,
0: you know. Let's look forward to, really. Yeah, watching
1: this this unfold. And I've always said, you know, they're also doing a lot of research in the area of how we can flown organs, because the, it, even if you we could extend life significantly, we're just going to have things that are going to wear
0: out. So, you know, you have to have the research on both ends. Absolutely. No, that's definitely I completely agree with you. It's really exciting stuff. And, you know, um, it's so interesting that you bring up this um, you know, the drugs that you mentioned because, you know, we were even learning back when I was still training was that, you know, there is a lot of potential for a lot of drugs, such as the T B drugs that you mentioned, such as these very like random, you know, just pharmaceuticals. And uh we even were learning back then there there's a lot of potential here. So now, you know, talking now many years later we're still on this you know this this boat where we're trying to figure out like what is it that's causing this so I I love that you brought that up and I think it's definitely um something I'm looking forward to in terms of seeing like you know what they find in long-term cohort studies because that would be really really life-changing if they can you know no pun intended (laughs) well this professor
1: that I talked to at Stanford University last week uh, I actually met him because he's the father of an acquaintance of mine, and he's considered to be a super He's just turning 91, still working. His team developed a molecule related to metformin. So it's not metformin, it's related to metformin. And in their studies, what they showed was that at, the studies showed that taking that molecule uh, for 22 months you would take it indefinitely, but at 22 months um, that it literally reverses aging completely.
0: Wow. Now, so what about, what about skincare then? Like how about applying this to skincare, like de-aging our well, skin?
1: That's one of the reasons I had a conversation because I think that, you know, so much of this is applicable topically, but um, you know, you, there are some, we, we actually can de-age our skin.
0: yeah,
1: And I'll tell you, you know, I always say there's there's two things: there's quantity of skin, and there's quality of skin. Right now, quantity of skin, you know, if you just have too much skin and everything is sagging and bagging, I, I can't help you a whole lot with that. That's pro- that's cosmetic surgery, at least at this point. Right. But quality of skin is absolutely something that we can address. And I will tell you, when we when you look at quantity of skin, or you look at things where you really cosmetic surgery. That's only four to five percent of the external aging process. It's only four to five percent. Wow, that's what we call intrinsic aging. Extrinsic aging. you, You look in the mirror and you see, you know, gee, I'm getting fine lines and wrinkles. My pores are looking larger. I have brown spots. My skin looks dull. It looks coarse, et cetera, et cetera. That's 90 to 95% of what we perceive as inevitable aging. And most of that happened before the age of 10. Wow. So um, when, we, when we look at that, and, and again, it's a really complex issue, but I, and I'm gonna oversimplify it, but what you're really looking at in terms of what we see visibly is two things. One, your stratum corneum, the outer layer, which is a dead layer. And the, shell, the cells sit like shingles on a roof, like fish scales. And they literally should be in a very cohesive manner. You know, it's kind of like your, your hair. The outside of your hair is known as the cuticle layer. And when that cuticle layer is really tight and organized, it's your hair is so shiny and reflective. But right. if you do a lot of chemical treatments and the cuticle layer gets all roughed up, it looks all dull and dry and damaged. Same thing with your skin. Now, with our skin, though, our hair is dead. Our skin is alive. And we shed about 500 million of these cells a day throughout our whole body. They're microscopic. But as we get older and, you know, starting around the age of 20, those cells begin to pile up. And they get very disorganized. And in between these cells, we're supposed to have these really hygroscopic substances, substances, mucopolysaccharides and ceramides and phospholipids and hyaluronic acid. And it gives the skin a lot of barrier function makes it nice and plump and, and soft and radiant. Um, we start losing those substances. We don't produce them to the same extent. Um, nice. And then, so what we want is we want a really nice, thin, compact stratum corneum with lots of those substances the other thing that happens is our collagen and our dermis is 80 percent collagen our dermis gets thinner so our stratum corneum gets thicker gets disorganized our dermis gets thinner we want to reverse that and the 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 third aspect of this is the instructions coming from our dna now your genes um are made up of DNA, and some of your genes are expressive genes, and so they express instructions. It's the only instructions the body listens to. So whether you have a broken bone or a sunburn, or you have a, you know, something else that's a disease or something, you're, you're not gonna get any better unless those instructions are able to tell your body what to do and, and achieve some normalcy. Right. Now, by the way, There is even talk about that we may have a kind of like a computer where there is a another hard drive in there with a completely um, uncompromised set of instructions, and we may be able to reboot it every few years. Really, about that as well, but that's a whole other story. But at any rate, (laughs) um, so. So what happens when we're born is these instructions are so perfect, and they really repair beautifully throughout our childhood and our teenage years, and then when we hit go into a catabolic state around you know the age of twenty or so, it, there's there's enough that's compromised due to sun exposure, and just daily living and diet, and all of the other things that the challenges that we have, that those instructions are start to become more and more compromised and that's what we see is the aging process both internally and externally. Right. So right. Um, yeah. The, the the thing that I'm going to say there's what we want to do topically is we want to keep a nice thin compact stratum corneum. We want to keep a nice thick dermis and there's things that we can do to resurface the skin. And you know, there's, there's some really good technologies out there and particularly retinoids that can actually reverse the instructions coming from your DNA. And that's not just me saying that, that's 50 years of medical research, but there's something else yeah. that is really fascinating as well. I actually have a patent on this and uh, it's a product that we make that is used along with retinoids and used along with our skincare management system is called Regeneration Booster. Actually, the full name is Age Intervention Regeneration Booster, but that's a long name. So I call it Regeneration Booster.
0: Um, I love that product, by the way.
1: (laughs) I do too. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. With telomeres and telomerase enzyme. Now, telomeres come off the end cap of your DNA. They look like shoelaces yeah. and the end of the telomere looks like the end of the shoelace, like the plastic thing that's known as the telomerase enzyme. And the telomerase enzyme has got a lot of genetic material and it has um, chromosomal material and it helps to keep the telomere kind of stable. And also can, when there's fluctuation, it can kind of help the telomere sometimes add a little bit more length, but help to keep it stable And why is this important? Well, telomeres are kind of like the granddaddy control panel of everything. And we know that telomeres, as they they shorten as you age. And when they get real short, you lose the ability to repair. You lose immune function and you, you pass on. Now, the Nobel Scientific Prize was awarded a number of years ago to three physicians for their work in telomeres and telomerase enzyme as they relate to aging and longevity. And we now know that progeria, that aging disease that children get, that are that, born with that where they literally look like little old people and they don't live pat, much past, you know, 12, 13 or so years um. old. They don't get their full height, they don't get hair, they have opportunistic diseases. We know that they're born old, they're born with short telomeres. Yeah, I actually had the pleasure of talking with uh, one of the foremost experts at Stanford University on that subject and some of the things that they're working on with regard to that. But their telomeres, mm. it's just like, they're, they're just born with short telomeres. Mm. Now, this is a, goes back before the Nobel Scientific Prize was awarded. I was reading an obscure study and I have a whole little bunch of books behind me on telomeres and telomerase enzyme. Right. I happened to come across a study in which they soak skin cells in telomerase enzyme and they never age, they become immortal. Now, wow. not at that point, <laughs> I can't yeah. get immortal cells. But, and actually way back when I was first, working with booster i actually worked with the actual telomerase enzyme but it's not as bioavailable and now what we work with is we work with something called cyclostrogenol now cyclostrogenol hmm. comes from the astragalus plant and it works on i think it's cd3 cd4 cells but it has the ability to actually have an effect on telomeres and it helps to sort of stabilize them and may give a little bit of length telomeres are fluid. If you have a disease or you have a um, something that happens in your life that maybe fe- affects you emotionally, stressfully, your telomeres can actually shorten. But if you improve your lifestyle, if you're able to recover, uh, your telomeres can actually kind of lengthen again. Now, eventually, mm-hmm. they're going to get short over time, but you can stabilize them. And sometimes you can even add a little bit of length. And cyclostrogenol has actually been shown to have that ability to stabilize and maybe act, act add a little bit of length. And so what I liken it to is kind of being able to turn back the skin's aging clock. Now we're not gonna turn it back to when you were 15, but right. it allows your skin to function in a way that it did when it was younger. And also in that product, we have um, growth factors, transferring growth factor beta-1, a keratinocyte growth factor, which helps with volume. Um, We have epidermal growth factor. We have lots of peptides and anti-inflammatories. So it's just a really um, tremendous, in my opinion, um, product to be able to
0: address the signs of aging yeah no it really and you know that's amazing that you found that because you know the telomerase and this the this conversation around around telomeres was something i remember like when i first started Skincarekey i had this conversation with the founder and i we were literally laughing because it was like unless you can figure out a way to inhibit telomerase enzymes and you know like just figure out how to like stop that whole process i don't really believe you when you say anti-aging you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. that it's really ironic that this is coming full circle in a way for me on the podcast because that's that's really really revolutionary you know and and I really love that product by the way for everyone listening I mean I use it regularly so I can attest to how amazing it is so but yeah that's amazing Jan I mean I always learn so much when I talk to you I think oh, I've said this before. You. and um, I hope everyone tuning in I hope you you know really learned something again with this episode but this is really really fascinating stuff and a lot of the topics you brought up like you know um, I really encourage people listening to look it up you know and do your do your homework because it's a lot of science but it's worth reading about so I really appreciate you bringing it up Jan. and I love this episode so much
1: thank you well it's a lot of fun to talk about and,
0: and I really appreciate having the opportunity Thank you so much. And everyone tuning in, please make sure that you give us your comments, feedback, um, and everything like in terms of reviews. And that means the world to us. So I would really appreciate it. But thank you. And I will be back thank next you. time. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs>